0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Every time we have had him on, we've enjoyed the insights of ESPN NBA analyst Bruce Bowen. Bruce joins us on the AT&T Hotline, AT&T 4G LTE. It's John and Jerry in Boston again. Bruce, good morning. How are you?
1: Good morning, fellas. How y'all doing? We're doing
0: very well. We had, we uh, want to get to the Celtics and the Heat and the Lakers and the NBA and all that sort of stuff. But we were just finishing discussing in our last sec- section uh, a story that ran in the uh, Minnesota um, uh, Star newspaper, Tribune. Star Tribune newspaper. Thank you, Jerry. Uh, and they talk about the fact that come Friday night, opening night for the Timberwolves, Dante Cunningham will be one of just five black players on the fifteen man Wolves team, which has gathered a lot of attention certainly among Twin Cities black leaders, they've noticed. uh, One fellow in particular, uh, his name Tyrone Terrell, says that uh, other leaders in the black community believe it's to sell tickets to the Wolves fan base, which is overwhelmingly white. Uh, Another guy, a black leader named uh, Edward, says, it raises some real questions to me about what is really intended. I think personally it was calculated. This is an attempt to get fans back in the stands. Minnesota, after all, is a pretty white state. What do you think about that, Bruce?
1: I, I think that's ridiculous. First of all, you know, if if we go down the line and look at the NBA, period, we'll see that there are a lot of African Americans in the NBA, and I'm sure it outnumbers other races as well. So, number one, you know, that's hogwash. You just you're just doing something to create, I think, controversy right now. Number two, if that was such a destination for a lot of players. They would be there. They would be there. A lot of, I, there. I mean, it's cold there, mm. and a lot of guys <laughs> don't care for that type of cold. <laughs> here it is. You got tunnels there, so you don't have to go outside. I think that was one of the reasons why. Now, I know this isn't the best example, but Stephon Marbury, he talked about that. Like, There's tunnels here, and it's just, you know, you guys got good draft picks, and let's see what happens from there, but... You can't sit up and try to say that they're trying to go towards a fan base on on race. That's ridiculous.
0: Uh, is, 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 is Is there any organization in sport that looks at this and says, the way to put fannies in the seats is to have them be a certain color as opposed to the way to put fannies in the seat is to be a good basketball team, there a competitive, entertaining basketball team.
1: That's, that's the reality right there. When you're competitive and when you're good. I mean, let's look at their time when they made it to the Western Conference Finals. I mean, they had a good team there. They had Sam Cassell. They had Kevin Garnett. They had Latrell Sprewell. All of those individuals were all-stars. You don't have those all-stars right now mm-hmm. at, at that level. So... You know, don't go. I mean, it's just I I get tired of the mess, and and it's just because it generates unnecessary news. So now you got a young young kid saying, you know, hearing this stuff and and starting to believe it. Like, oh man, they don't oh they don't like black people out there in Minnesota. That's not the case. That's not the case at all. So now we get started on these things when it has nothing to do with the game of basketball. Let's build a better brand. That's all we need to do, and support the brand. Well, if you, want, if you want to make a change so much out there, don't don't be the person that doesn't go to the game. Represent the African-American race by going to the game.
2: Well, last night in Miami, Bruce, there were 19 players who played and only one white guy, and despite that, it was a very enjoyable game. Yeah, Mike, <laughs> Mike, Miller, Mike Miller, I'm not even sure why he played uh, but uh, do you do, do you look at them definitively and say those are the two best teams in the East, or is that just people getting caught up in opening night?
1: No, you always have to keep Boston, you know, up around the top of the East. I mean, with Doc the job he's done there, and then with the departure of Ray Allen, bringing in Jason Terry, someone who relishes that role of coming off the bench and being a sixth man, someone that's willing to energize the team. He he loves his role. And, and then when you get Avery Bradley back... I call him my little Ow oh, because oh, oh, I love the way he gets after guys <laughs> in that back. Those guys don't want to bring the ball up against Avery. I love that. I love
2: that. Wait, him. wait, what do you call him? Because I'm willing to go with that uh, nickname. Uh, 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 how do you spell that?
1: Aww, aww, uh, 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 with a rough, rough.
2: Aww, uh, aww, uh, uh, rough, rough. Okay. There we
1: go. And you put it together. You need to practice it at home. It gets better. Uh, excellent. <laughs> but also, I, I think, People are sleeping on the Brooklyn Nets. I, I, I like what they've done in off-season, acquiring Joe Johnson, which will add <clears throat> to the scoring power of that team. Now, Darren Williams is not the, is not the only focus there. I think Brook Lopez will continue to mature in the role of a true center, and then you have a, a guy that that just does a lot of dirty work in Gerald Wallace. I, I, I love his energy. I love his team concept. And I think you're going to see a different team coming out of New York as far as that—that a that, uh, team that's willing to compete for the top of the division.
0: Hey Bruce, do you think the departure of Ray Allen might have made both teams better? Celtics bring in Terry and Lee and Barbosa, and the Heat obviously gets Ray Allen. Is it possible that 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 move made both teams better?
1: Well, I, th- I think it, I think so. Uh, at the same time, it's just the way it happened, you know. Uh, you never think of people that are willing to leave and, and depart after you've won a championship at some point. So, you know, I, I think w- what Boston has done with that, you've got to give credit to, to Danny Ainge and, and Doc as far as getting those individuals to fill in that, that void there. So I, I was really, I was surprised to see how well it went for the Boston Celtics as far as the departure of Ray and what he brought there and then you're able to get a young player in Courtney Lee who's who's really looking to, to cement himself in this league. You know, he's had, he had an opportunity during the finals, and I think it was 0, 08 uh, when Orlando – I'm sorry, 09 when Orlando made it to the finals, and he just – he didn't he didn't stick for whatever reason. So he's bounced around a little bit now. He has an opportunity to, to really do a good job under the two of the doctorate.
2: Uh, Should we even bother watching, uh, Bruce, because, uh, I mean, everybody is just in awe of LeBron James at this point. He's in his prime. He's won a title. He's playing loose and free and and confidently. I mean, what's the point? Should we just check out and see see who he's playing in the finals in June?
1: (laughs) You know, they're very good, but it is still basketball. and, And you have to, I mean, you have to. Get the right break. You know, I, I remember when we were, you know, going through our battles. You know, we were very fortunate uh, when Dallas lost to to Golden State. And, and you know, we would have been playing Dallas. Dallas had ousted us in, in seven games in our own court the year prior to that. So, you know, it, it's a lot. Of, the ball has to fall favorably for you when it comes to competing for another championship. So, you know, I, I think that if Miami loses focus. That's the only way that I think that you know, teams can really sneak up on them. But you never know what might take place You know, as far as defending your crown.
0: Bruce, that was the fourth time in five years the Celtics defense gave up 120 points in a game. It's about once a year this happens, and it happened in the first game. Is that lack of defensive uh, ability that we saw last night – Purely an outgrowth of the unfamiliarity of five guys who weren't on this team when the Celtics played the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals last year?
1: I think it's the latter. As you said, there's the unfamiliarity of uh, five guys not playing, not understanding the defensive concepts of the Boston Celtics. You know, there's one particular play. I saw Kevin Garnett, just he was furious because in transition, no one picked up the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the basics especially with Doc, you know, you got to stop the ball first and then you fan out to everybody else. And LeBron has the ball and no one picked him up. Now you're dealing with guys that have come from teams where defense wasn't a top priority. And that's why those guys maybe did not have the type of success the Boston Celtics did. So it's going to be a little learning curve within that. And, and, you know, you have to understand that Coach Doc Rivers is going to bring them along. But at the same time, it is something that they have to get together on. And it happens more like this film session that they're going to have. Doc is going to love it because it, it shows all the things that he's been preaching that maybe guys didn't receive. But once they see it on film, then it starts to register.
2: Well, You've seen uh, plenty of Jason Terry, uh, Bruce. Do you think that he'll fit in nicely here? He can't shoot. Nobody could shoot like Ray Allen, but he can do a lot of other things such as you know, maybe play some point. He's he's going to be content to come off the bench. Are we going to see? Uh, are we going to enjoy the Jason Terry era up here in Boston?
1: Uh, you're going to love it. Jason is a guy that he he wins over the crowds because he can shoot. Man, now, now you say he can't shoot like Ray, but he's he's a very good shooter. So he he's a guy that that is going to come off screens and he spots up on that three point line. But he also can get to the basket at times. So. They're going to love him in Boston, and, and, and the way that he plays, he's, he's, he plays with such emotion. Kind of like it's, it's, it's funny, but he's going to be the mini-me of Kevin <laughs> Garnett because he gets animated and he gets excited. So he's going to fit in real well there. But more importantly, Doc won't have to worry about the fact that, okay, Jason wants to start, and he's not starting. He doesn't have to worry about those things. Jason is content coming off the bench, giving energy off the bench.
2: Hey, the uh, the last Sports Illustrated poll where they asked all the players the dirtiest player in the NBA. I think this is the first time in like 15 years you didn't make the list, Bruce. And but, oh man! But, but I hate to disappoint you, but you're not on the. <laughs> even, you've been retired for what? Three years? Four years? Four years. Four years. <laughs> Is it possible to be a great defender and not be accused of being dirty because the list is, you know, uh, one good defender after another, Kevin Garnett, Meta World Peace, Kevin Love is on the list, uh, Dwight Howard, huh? Shane Battier. I mean,
1: Shane Battier is on the list?
2: Yeah. He's down the list a little bit, but don't you doesn't it come with the territory if you are a good defender, on the ball, chest to chest defender, yeah. they're going to call you dirty.
1: Because you know it's nothing else that they can do. It's like you know he won't he won't leave me alone. So because he won't leave me alone, he's dirty. And and these are things that I've always combated against. And I realized at a certain point, you know what? It's, it's it is what it is. And I'm not going to be able to change the thoughts of people. So I'm going to continue to go out and do my job and just relish in the fact that I'm frustrating this other guy.
0: Uh, I'm not asking this question because the Lakers went winless in the preseason, nor am I asking it because they looked like crap last night. But, Bruce Bowen, is there a chance that this newly minted Lakers squad doesn't gel and becomes a disaster that nobody anticipated?
1: I, I, I don't think it will become a disaster. I think it's going to take time for them to gel. You know, something that people don't realize is how hard it is for, for guys to become selfless within the confines of of moving to another team. And I think it's a byproduct of guys not really having the fundamentals of the game today. You know, you look at when Ray, Paul, and Kevin came together, Kevin was the key piece there because he allowed the others to to be special out there on the floor. Ray had to dial back, back a bit in order to, you know, be who he was. But when you've been the man on your team, and, and you, can't, you can't adjust when you play with other guys, it makes things really, really difficult. And so that's the thing that I see with Dwight Howard. It's going to take him time to adjust and figure out what his role is for that Lakers ball club. Kobe's still going to be who he is. Steve Nash is going to be who he is. But at the same time, it takes time to gel. And, and the thing that, I've, that I worry most about with the Lakers is the age. You know, mm-hmm. If people talk about, oh, you know, but he's he's still doing this. Kobe's doing that. Kobe's doing it, and Steve Nash. yeah, but this is they're entering their seventeenth season in the NBA. And with all the mileage, it's not about years per se. It's the mileage uh, of what guys have, the wear and tear on their body. So now little injuries, little nagging injuries become more critical. They come situations that last a lot longer. You don't recover as fast, and you know I, I, that's what I worry about with Steve Nash's back mm-hmm. and the fact that he doesn't defend like he used to. These little we saw yesterday how they pressured Steve Nash up the court. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't take that into account yesterday. Mm-hmm. What should have taken place was somebody setting a screen for in the backcourt. But I mean, when you got those little guys pressuring an older player it takes a lot of their energy away as they cross half
2: court. Hey, Bruce, you were here uh, two years, correct? Your yes. Your last year here was Paul Pierce's rookie season. When you played with Paul, when you got to know him, that kid, did you think he had this in him? Did you think he had a 15-year career, a Hall of Fame career in him?
1: Yes, I did. He, did? And Paul, when he came in, it was, he was just real special. I mean – I know we use that term a lot to describe people, but his ability to get to the basket. And, and Paul's not the, the quickest guy out there on the floor, but he, he, he played at a different pace where when he did uh, move quickly, he got by guy. And his body, he was able to control his body a great deal. And this was when he was playing above the rim. He was surprised guys by, boom, next thing you know, he's dunking the basketball. But some guys just, you know, when you see them out there on the floor, they just have that, that, that determination, that factor that allows you to say, wow, this kid is special. He's going he's gonna to play a long time. He's going he's gonna to break a lot of records here in Boston. if He stays here. And that's what he's been able to do. And, and kudos to Paul as far as all the things he's, he's had to endure to finally get to that goal of being the champion.
0: Uh, Final question for me, Bruce Bowen. Leaving the Celtics and the Heat and the Lakers out of this equation, what team or player or NBA story are you most anxious to watch unfold this year?
1: Uh, I already said Brooklyn, so I'm going to go with the West, the Clippers. See what they're going to do with uh, more time together with jail to really get get to know one another as far as Chris Paul being the leader there. Mm -hmm and really taking Blake Griffin under his wing as well as DeAndre Jordan. I think they have a, a great opportunity to surprise a lot of teams out west because they have such great athleticism. But at the same time, you know, DeAndre Jordan has the ability to be really, really special in this game as far as blocking shots and also being a go-to guy down low on the block because he, he's skilled down there. Jump hooks, jump hooks, jump hooks and, and at the center position, that's a lost start.
0: Uh, good stuff, Bruce Bowen. We enjoyed the conversation. Tell us again what you call Avery Bradley.
2: Ow, ow, ow. Excellent. Well, I think it's going to catch up. Yeah, it's catchy. And,
1: it should. And, 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 and say it with love. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and intensity.
1: That's right. That's we'll, right. We'll talk
0: to you down the road, Bruce. Thanks for the conversation. All
1: right, fellas.
0: Bruce Bowen, ESPN, NBA analyst. As we say goodbye to Nesson, we invite you to join us on the FM side, 93.7. Quick timeout, DNC. We'll be right back.